Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We're ecstatic to be welcoming everybody back to the Start Vegas Report. Of course, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lacazino. And it is back to that time of the week. We are going to preview our matchup with Vanderbilt. Uh, a little bit of football and basketball news to talk about. Of course, we promised y'all that basketball episode, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, and talk about what we did in the midweek game and then give you you know, the pitching and hitting preview from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, despite the number in front of Arkansas's name, Vanderbilt's probably the best team in the SEC. Uh, they dropped that weird, weird series to Georgia, and that's probably the only thing preventing them from holding the number one spot. But I'll tell you what, though, if Mississippi State wins this weekend, you can't argue that Vanderbilt's number one or number two, really. They might even be the third best team. Because right. then they've lost two series, we've lost one, Arkansas's lost none. But uh, that'll all work itself out. Before we get into that, though, uh, there is some news. There is a transfer from the football program that we need to talk about. Javante Payton uh, decided that he was going to transfer, uh, I guess, on Monday? Tuesday? Uh, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. A uh, little bit odd. It was not, That's right, because he was at practice, and then yeah. after practice, he had a good practice, and then... I'm in the transfer portal. I'm not. I actually thought we'd lose him after the after the bowl game, if we're being completely honest, because I knew it would be deep that round there. And you do lose guys after the spring. Uh, that's always going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost a couple more, just because once spring ball is over, you can kind of read the writing on the wall. But I thought Peyton would have played enough that he might stick around. Of course, he's good enough on a lot of teams to like be the first or yeah. second wide receiver. He, yeah, he could be a first option at like Memphis or something. Yeah. Uh, I was I was shocked because I literally I was at practice Tuesday and talked to Spivey or not Spivey, Peyton. Peyton. Um, and after I, I talked to him, it was a normal conversation, and then find out on Twitter that afternoon that he hit the portal, like an it's, hour. It's after definitely I to not him. like a hard feeling situation. No, um, no, I don't think so. It's it's kind of it was kind of crazy though. Like on paper, it makes sense, but the move just kind of shocked me because I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I thought the timing of it would have been different if he were to leave the program. So I thought it would have been sooner. Right. But right. I would have expected it right after spring is a normal time to Right. If he was going to leave, I expected it to be like you said either after the bowl game or like the beginning of spring, not the last day of spring practice. Um, but I think that you can just attribute him leaving the program at the end of the day, I think it comes down to depth uh, and we've got a lot of it at inside receiver. Yeah. And I think I think if Wally's injury was serious, he'd stay around um, because there's a better chance that he plays. That's actually a very interesting take there. So yeah, because if, if I mean, who's your slot receivers? Neglect freshman. I think Javante Payton could start over freshman. I mean, who's your slot receivers after after Wally? Uh, It'd be Tulu. We could yeah. We, we're Tulu's still bouncing back and forth inside outside. Uh, Austin Williams. Brody King, who's had a really strong spring, I'd take him over Peyton. Um, like really? And yeah, yeah. Brody's had a really good spring. Really, I saw him make some catches in the spring game. Is Makai Polk outside? Yeah, Makai's on the outside. Spivey's on the outside. Heath is on the outside. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a lot of talent everywhere. And then I've got there's two guys coming in that I would take over Peyton, and that's Teddy Knox on the inside and Jacoby Moore on the inside. Um, Ra Ra, I think he's still undecided on where we want to put him. And then is he 
Harmon will, Harmon will be on the outside. No, they're all all they're those guys awesome. are getting here in June. Right. Um, yeah, Harmon's a big big jumbo receiver. Yeah, he's he's going to be like Spivey. Yeah. But I mean, we talked about this a little bit last year, and it's probably even more true this year. Uh, you've got like every type of receiver. Right. It's a very very diverse. You got the super fast shifty guy with Tulu. You've got the all around just Teddy. stud. I mean, even with yeah with Teddy, all around stud with Jaden Wally. You've got the sure handed. Bigger slot guy with Austin Williams. You've got the uh, smaller slot guys with like Brody King and, and I guess Javante Payton right. until now. Uh, you've got the the jumbo X receivers and and your more typical X receivers with Spivey and then Heath and McCaffrey. I forgot. I need to I need to give credit where credit. I would take Rufus over Javante Payton. Is he a slot guy? Yeah, Rufus has had, had a really spring? strong spring. Okay, so Rufus Harvey. That's that's another one I was thinking. Uh, Okay, so I guess it makes sense just with how much people you've got there. I again, I could see Javante Payton being anywhere from your second to seventh receiver, and if he's and, and if he's seeing you down more like seventh himself, more like seventh than second, then he needs to leave. Right. Well, and I think the difference maker with these guys, a lot of the guys that I've named in Javante Payton, your best ability is availability. Yeah, and, and he's and, and Javante is just not reliable. I was about to get on get get into that. Those those injuries, he had two injuries last year that didn't hurt, didn't help him very much. He exploded in that LSU game, got hurt shortly after, and didn't get back until the Ole Miss game, and then he got hurt during that game too. So didn't play the rest of the regular season. Had some special teams, some great special teams plays, honestly, in the bowl game. I remember he let a kickoff dribble. Scribble just roll yeah. out of bounds that yeah. I thought it was and about to get picked up yeah. in the bowl game, and th- but that was a smart play. He knew because yeah. uh, that was a, almost a perfect kick. All right, so moving on, we're uh, another basketball update is that Quentin Post has hit has hit the transfer portal. He's a bit of a fan favorite, so that's disappointing. Uh, I hate that. I think I liked him better than JV and Davis this year, so I'm actually a little bit disappointed. I think we'll be fine at Post. I mean, you'll have you'll have three players. Uh, that are bigs, maybe four if Adula Du comes back. And with Quentin leaving, I mean, that kind of leaves a spot for Adu. Um Really hoping, though, that uh, he finds uh, somewhere to be successful. He's His trajectory here, he wasn't ever going to be, I think, like a starting center that you could really, really rely on. Uh, I think he was always going to be a 15, maybe 20 minutes per game guy. So we'll see uh, what becomes of him. But with this basketball team, look – your projected starting five right now. There is some issues, but it's a really, really good basketball team that I think could be like a four-three seed. You'd like to take another guard. You need another guard, and we'll talk about that in a second. But right now, Iverson, Molinar at the one, and there's your only liability. Not because Iverson's not great, but that's a scoring, a, a true scoring like right. two guard. He, if he can spend a whole summer and a and an off season and then a non conference schedule learning point guard, now again it's kind of like quarterback. It's not one of those things you can just become really adept at that quickly. And he was and he ran it last year too, so he wouldn't just be picking up from scratch. But if he could just be a, a B minus point guard, we already know he's probably an A minus A plus player. Then I think that's good enough. You still would like a backup point guard, especially with Davon Smith leaving. Davon Smith's still here. I, there's not a problem. Yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about it at all. So then at the two, that's DJ Stewart, who is not guaranteed to come back. I mean, he 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 may he's probably on the team next year, but he doesn't have to be. Right. 
Uh, he's testing his the waters in the NBA draft, as so the phrase goes. He hasn't hired an agent. I don't think he's going to get a draft grade that allows him to get drafted. Again, Only they only take 60 players. And that includes international players. That includes uh, any of these weird – it'll be one or two, these weird high school players that, that go overseas and do, like, that kind of thing. So, you know, like little mellow ball type deal who never played in college. I don't know if there will be any of those this year. But – it's not like the MLB draft where they used to have 40 rounds and now it's like 20 rounds. You know, right. the, the, excuse me, the NBA draft is the smallest, it's tied for the smallest league in professional sports with 30 teams and there's only two rounds. So there's, a, there's not a great chance that DJ Stewart gets drafted. So he's probably coming back. And then you've got DJ Jeffries at the three and he came here because he wants to play the three or the two. He doesn't want to be a power forward. And it, over there in Memphis, I think Coach Penny was trying to. He was really letting him run one through five. Oh well, yeah, but I think but, coming up, the guys he got coming up, he's about to be right, pigeonholed into right. the center or to the power forward. Right. So this means we know how good, big DJ is, and Iverson Molinar is six two, six three. It's going to be a big lineup. You got Garrison Brooks at power forward. I mean, there's not too much more you need to say about that. That's yeah. a eighteen point nine rebound guy two years ago, and then this year a little bit less productive. And then the SEC leader in rebounds and double-doubles was Tolu Smith, and he'll be at the five. And I think that's as good as a scoring center as we've had. Don't let me misspeak. (laughs) Is he a better scoring center than Eric Holman? Uh... As a, like a center-y type, yeah. probably. Eric Holman could spray but, it. Yeah, home. Eric Holman could stretch the floor. So maybe not a better scorer than Eric Holman, but a better down-low scorer for right, sure. Right. Definitely a better scorer than a double dude. Right. I'm trying to think who's before then. You've got Gavin Ware. Probably, he's probably not as good a defender, but a better scorer than Gavin Ware. And I'm, I'm, I'm missing somebody. somebody. There's somebody between Eric Holman and Gavin Ware that I'm absolutely just blanking on. But I don't know if you've got a guy that's just pure, pure, just patient, knows how to put the ball in the hoop, uh, knows how to get the tough buckets, and can also put back offensive rebounds. I think Tully Smith's really, really uh, good pickup for us. So the things you're worried about with the team next year, I think there's four things. Can you guess what? You, tell me, to guess what the four things I'm worried about. Uh, I've already mentioned one, and you can guess that too. You want me to guess the one that you've already mentioned? Yeah, I'll give you the guards. free ones. Worried about point guards. Right. You don't have a true point guard, and that can really – that you can win a lot of games built the way we're built. A deep tournament run is going to be harder to do, harder to do without a true point right. guard. Uh, By the time we get to there, obviously Molinar might be an all-world point guard. Who knows, though? Yeah. Next guess is perimeter shooting. You're absolutely right. For, I don't Perimeter shooting. I don't know if DJ Jeffries is a shooter. I guess he's like a decent shooter. Right. I guess he's like a decent shooter. Um Garrison Brooks, is he going to stretch the floor? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, you could be you could be a really, really good shooting power forward and still not be somebody that's going to space things out a lot in college basketball. A really, really good shooting power forward makes 23s in a, in a conference schedule. Makes right. like two threes a game. Right. So, um, next, I'm going to say perimeter defense as well. I'm 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 a little bit worried that we're gonna overhelp and stuff right. on three off of and then let guys shoot threes. But that's really at the end of the season it didn't hurt us that bad. It did in the beginning, and what happens is uh, that's just the the way that this team is built and how they want to play defense. They would rather 
really, really collapse on the drive and give up a shot. I think they need to tailor that a little bit. As in, if you're playing Alabama, don't give up the shot. Right. If you're playing, I don't even know, Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss shot three is good this year. Yeah, maybe let them, let them shoot. It just Instead of just making it universal. Right. I'm not that worried about that. Uh, all right. I don't know if this is something you're concerned about. It's something I'm concerned about, so I'm going to voice it either way. Uh, but pace of play. Oh, I'm definitely worried. I mean, that's that's that kind of falls into one of my concerns. Oh, yeah. I'm just worried about the offense in general. Right. I this offense, the Ben Helen offense, and I hate to even use the word offense because it seems like they're not even running anything <laughs> half the time. It actually works, quote unquote, if everybody's really, really good. Which that's not how offense should be. Right. Offense, you should have de- decent basketball players. It should work most of the time, right. right? That's a good offense. But if you've got accomplished Guys that know the, know the system, which we'll have to teach it to these other two guys. Experienced veteran players, it could actually work a little bit. But I am worried about that, and that has to do with pace of play. Uh, I, you lo- hate losing Davon because he really could push the floor, right. could score and transition. He just played too slow for him. Yeah. It oh, didn't make sense. That's probably it. Wait, well, it is. That and some other reasons. Right. Uh, last thing, I'm, I'm worried about two more things, I guess. Still worried about free throws. Okay. That's and fair. I'm worried that Ben Howlin, as much as we're impressed with all this transfer portal stuff, I'm worried that he's going to coach us into a bad situation. <laughs> Do you remember uh, with the, one of the best, ta- most talented teams he's ever had, how we were on the bubble for the tournament before the corona thing happened? Right. Uh, we lose in the tournament the year before that. And then this year... To Liberty. To Liberty. And then this year, we really thought we were going to be like, Behind where we finish, I didn't think we'd finish up right uh, three or four games above 500 like we did. Right. Um, but you also could have won like three or four more games and been a surefire tournament team easily. Easily. You, you choked. Like five, I'm not going through this again. We choked. I think borderline-ish, you choked nine games. Right. We, we figured, there's nine games you could have won. Let's just win half of those. We're in the tournament. Right. So that's what I'm worried about. Is he going to not be able to coach this team? Uh, we'll see. I'll tell you what, though. If he's not, if he's playing even in the first weekend, I'll, I'll, I can't say that. I can't say that. If he doesn't make the tournament, he's not coaching here anymore. Right. I would almost say if he's not coaching in the second weekend of the tournament, he's not coaching here anymore. If we sneak into the tournament, I don't think he should coach here anymore. Right. I'm, I'm that, I'm that hard on him this year. Not even, not because there's no lottery picks on this roster. So you're saying you want to be like a 12 seed? No, 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 no. No. If I'm a 12 seed, like he's done. If we sneak into the tournament, I wouldn't say 12 is sneaking in. 12's a 12's an auto bid seed, dude. You have to be an auto bid to be 12, 13, 14, right. 15, 16. I just so that's you limping in. You have to be well, the 11 seeds, the last, the last at large seeds. Right. So you have to be. I'm thinking he's got to be like a five, four, three seed. Okay. If he's a 10 or 11 seed, he limped in. Okay. That's that's tough. Look, and, and, and that is tough, but he's also had seven years, and we've had one conference uh, NCAA tournament lost to show for it. For 0-1. We played one game, we lost it. In seven years. Right. A little, 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 bit, little bit iffy there. Uh, so I do th- I think I really do think you need to not sneak in the tournament. You need to be I, – I wouldn't say, like, maybe competing to win the SEC because SEC is going to be, I think, stacked this year. But up there, you need to be up there. Right. And you need to, I think, win the first two games of the tournament. 
maybe not the first two, but probably I'm I'm right there. At we'll least see. the first. At least no, you got to win the first game. Right. If you're one and done in tournament, he's done. Right. We'll see though. Very right. a, very a, more excitement with the men than the women, which hasn't happened in a while. Right. As everybody knows, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. On to baseball. Baseball. So talking about the midweek game, Forsyth started and then he was sick. Uh, I haven't heard anything that would suggest that he's not going to play this weekend. So, good news there. Uh, I could be wrong. We could start the games at 7 tonight. Right. It's a late game. I hate that. Uh, How do you handle that, though? Is my, do you move Cam back to short? Tanner Leggett. You he think play, He played Esso played it against UAB. Right. And he hit a home run and didn't make any errors. Right. Yeah. And, and it might be, I don't think you put Cam back and then put Tanner Leggett at third because then you don't, you don't want to move two people around. That just makes it worse. Right. Callum's looking good, though. Yeah, see, did he play third? Yes. Well then, you'd still be moving two people. I think Cam, I think shortstop freaks Cam out. Yeah, I don't know. I think it that's, freaks him that's out. That's a weird deal. And I know he grew up playing it, but I think he's just more comfortable at third. It just freaks him. I think he just gets a little bit out in front of his skis at shortstop. The thing is, third third plays faster than short. I know. So that's how? it. I think he's got too much time to think about it at shortstop. Yeah, maybe that could be because even the errors he's making, it's. This and it's when he's it's when he has time to think about it at third, right? right? The errors he makes is when he knocks down the ball and he can't catch it clean because it's a sharply hit ball, right. and then he throws he rushes the throw. Right. So when he has time to think about it, and then at shortstop you're going to have these slow grounders. You're going to come deep into the six hole, then to fire across the diamond. He's thinking about it the whole time, and that's when he gets 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 lost. You know, yeah. I can see that. Uh, really, really impressed with Scotty DeBrule and Logan Tanner's hitting the past two games, and I guess Scotty DeBrule is probably even. Past that, he had RBIs on the Friday and the Sunday game. So very, very excited. I think DeBrule has quite clearly won his job back, even though Tanner Leggett's playing well. That's 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 what you love to see. Tanner Leggett's not even playing bad, right. and Scotty DeBrule won his job back. Uh, Logan Tanner really, really need him to keep hitting good. We said that Tanner Leggett looked good on Tuesday. Hit the did have his first career home run. Luke Hancock's beard is coming in, and now he's hitting the ball again. <laughs> So we know what he's never doing ever, right. and that is shaving that thing. Right. He shaved it at the Auburn series, and he finished up the Auburn series strong, and then came to the midweek in Ole Miss and went over. So he's not he's he's not shaved anymore. But the story of the game, and this is beautiful that this happened this way because it doesn't even make sense. You're up nineteen to seven in the top of the ninth inning, and the relief pitcher you put in to finish up the mop up to mop up the game really is the story of the game. Eric. Sarantola. Looked good. Looked good. Eric Sarantola threw 11 pitches and struck out the side. All three strikeouts, strike threes, came on that just monstrous Uncle Charlie 12-6 curve that starts at your nose and finishes like at your ankles, which is beautiful. Uh, uh, You want to talk about just things that will bring a tear to your eye when you see it? You see a guy pumping 98. And then he loops that breaking ball in there like that, and you're like, and yeah, he, there's nothing uh, you can do about yeah. it. When Eric's good, he's good, and when he's bad, he's bad. Look, he's pitching out of the stretch, I noticed. He didn't ever go to the windup, which I think simplifies for him, makes it to where he doesn't have to move as, as much. And Coach Lamona said he kind of shows the hitter the ball a little bit too much when he winds up, and then the stretch, he can kind of be more deceptive, mm-hmm. which you would think, 
why does he have to be deceptive? He has a hammer breaking ball and a and a 98 mile per hour fastball. Well, it's co- it's the modern game. They can catch, there's guys that can hit 100 mile an hour pitches, believe it or not. So I think that here's what I think. I saw some people saying Eric needs to play this weekend. That is false. Right, Eric. We are not unless the game's in hand for one team or the other. Absolutely. Yeah. If I mean, we're if we're getting beat by ten, sure. Or if we're up ten, right. Put him in. Uh, I think he needs SEC innings. I think the fact that you got that we were blessed with not blessed. It's just not the great <laughs> word to say it. We made we, <laughs> the silver lining in that in that nine run lead that Ole Miss had is that Eric, Eric Saratola got an SEC inning, which is good. You get him. I mean, let's say one of these games goes through. He comes in. I think we could get a big lead on A and M, maybe against yeah. South Carolina, maybe against Alabama. Get in three or four SEC more more SEC appearances, some more midweek appearances. Now you're in a regional, or you're in Hoover. Uh, appearances at Hoover are great because usually, usually the way our schedule sets up, I don't think we have to prove anything in Hoover. Right. I do think we all, I do want to go win that thing. Right. I do. But I don't think we have to show anybody. I don't think we have to like win a couple games to be a national seed. Right. If we are, then maybe you, you reconsider this. But he pitches a couple games in Hoover, a couple games here and then, and then comes a regional. I'm right. Let's say winner's bracket, loser's bracket, whatever. You're trying to fight for your life as the other opposing team. And the, like the sixth guy out of the bullpen is throwing 98. Is throwing 98 and with a hammer curve. Let's say, I mean, you get to like Omaha type deals or Super Rich type deals. That's another closer. Right. That's literally what that is. That would be, that's, I'll, I'll, here's your hot take to go with all that. Are you ready for this? Yep. Are you ready? This is a super hot take. Scorching hot. Okay. If Josh Hatcher, I'm going to, I'm going to add a little bit to this just now. If Josh Hatcher and Braylon Skinner, Bat, three hundred in the postseason. Okay. Okay. And this is assuming now this will you will have to get through the regional for this to count because you have to play at least three games. Okay. If they both bat three hundred in the postseason, and if Eric Sarantola gets back to throwing meaningful innings and doing well, we win the national championship. Okay. That's my literal prediction. <clears throat> you saw a thing from Aaron Fit that we're probably the most complete team in baseball. That's because we have really we have like I think that's false, by the way. I do not. I think we have you've got you've got with Mississippi State, you've probably got B B minuses to A pluses at everything. With Arkansas, nobody their starting pitching isn't that good. And with Vanderbilt, their back end isn't that good of their pitching staff. Of course, they're both better hitting teams than us. And that's why they're probably better baseball team. You can be a better baseball team, might be a complete team. The eighty five team, the the they had holes in their lineup. Right. The 89 team, which is probably the best team we ever had, they didn't pitch that great. Right. They just beat the crap out of the ball. So, like, just because you're the most complete doesn't mean you're necessarily the best. And Arkansas fans can get really, really mad at Aaron Fit, and they were. But I, but, but, you pick up those slight weaknesses you have, which is your your starting pitching has been a little bit on the downslide last couple yeah. weekends. Rocky, our our bullpen guys, I'd say there's only a few that are reliable. I think the bullpen's been fine. I'm um, trying to think. There's there's been some rocky innings from there is one rocky inning against Auburn and there's been some rocky innings in midweek games from guys that you don't expect much out of. But I don't think I mean think about what they did against Auburn other I mean, than Brandon Smith has looked rough the last few times we've seen him. Not against Ole Miss though. No, not Ole Miss, which was good. Fristos looked human the last few Very weeks. Very much. Uh 
I think Harding's looked fine. Yeah, Harding has looked okay. I mean, you got Sims. Yeah, Parker Stennett. You'd like him to be better, in my opinion. There's just there's just yeah. a few pieces here and there. Where I mean, not, maybe not what you. I expect. think we're almost we're almost cursed with this. How good was the bullpen early on? Right. I think you, you take you take this bullpen in twenty 2020, twenty in twenty nineteen. I mean. And I think you're head over heels. Not right. because the 2019 bullpen was bad, because they weren't. Obviously, we went to Omaha, but that's normal. It's it's not. You're not gonna have six guys that are just for sure out. Right. You know. So. Uh, and then I think first base is a weakness. From a hitting standpoint. Yeah. And second base is a weakness, regardless of who you run out there. Okay, so should I add DeBrule to that? I mean, yeah, I would put prediction? I'd put DeBrule in there. So I'm gonna modify my prediction. Mm-hmm. I mean, this makes it almost a sure thing, though. Yeah. If DeBrule, Skinner, and Hatcher hit 300 yeah, over... Yeah, then we're winning. The, yeah. We're winning. That's I mean, that's, not, that's, a that's not even take. a hot take anymore. No. So that's why i got to take one of those guys out. I'm going to say if two out of three of those guys hit over 300 in the postseason and Eric Sarantola's back is is who we thought he could be, Yeah, we're winning that championship. Yeah. There we go. That's not that hot of a take. No, that's not that hot of a take. It was scorching before. First, <laughs> my, my, originally it was originally just, be, it was just Josh Hatcher. And, originally it was Hatcher and Eric. I was like Hatcher and Eric get right. We're right. Scorching hot. That but, I still wouldn't doubt that if that happened. Yeah. All right, so we're moving on. Uh, pitching preview for us: same guys as always. Uh, that's C Mac, Christian McLeod, Will Bednar, and Jackson Fristo. Gonna need best outings of the year from at least two of those guys. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Uh, we need one. We need to win one of these games, and one of the all three of those guys have to do, do it right. Um, pitching preview for them Friday, Kumar Rocker. I'm not going to list his stats. There's no point. He is the second best pitcher in college baseball as far as starters go, because I think Landon Sims is up there too. Yeah, Jack Leiter. Doesn't matter. I'm not listing his stats. He's the best starting pitcher in college baseball, and he's on Saturday. Yep. So we don't have to talk about <laughs> our best guys on Saturday too. Well, actually, maybe not after last week. I don't know. Yeah, after last week, I'd have, I before last week I would have agreed with yeah. you. I would have agreed with you. Um, and maybe we. That's why coaches know more than us. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about what Kumar and Rocker have done. Rocker has pitched for Kumar decision. And Rocker. Excuse me. Rocker and Lighter. <laughs> Rocker and Lighter. That's not even that hard to remember. Rocker and Lighter. Rocker is 8-1. and one. He has pitched for a decision in every single game. Okay? So he has he has been the pitcher of record every single game. He's had made nine appearances, and he's 8-1. and one. Lighter has also made nine appearances. He is 7-0. and oh. So he's had some no decisions, and they did lose one of those no decisions. The other one was against Georgia, and they won that one. Uh, so his last two games, Lighter hasn't pitched to a decision. Which means that he's getting a little bit armory. Remember, they let him throw like two, almost two complete games in a row. It was two complete games in a row, right. and one of them's a no hitter. But he's throwing 130 pitches. That's to me, and I think I'm be completely honest. I think Kumar Rocker is inhuman, and I actually think he might can throw 100 pitches a week and be fine. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Jack Leiter is also statistically inhuman, but mm. I do think he's a mortal person. <laughs> And I think if you start pitching him, and we're seeing that, you start pitching him 120 pitches a week, and he's going to taper off. I'd be really, really interesting to see. It's because of Mississippi State's bullpen. I think we're never going to throw guys for 100 pitches more than once a year. I think that Rocker, having Rocker on that pitching staff is the worst thing possible for Jack Leiter. 
Oh, Because yeah. when your Friday guy goes 100, it almost feels like you're not asking that much out of your Saturday guy to also go 100. I, that's not a bad take. Yeah, because then it's like, man, I've got a he – threw, he threw 120 right. pitches. I can throw 95, right? right? And 95 is a lot. Yeah, 95 is still a lot. So, which, I'll be honest with y'all, Rocker in that one game against Georgia, no. But Lighter has looked just as good on pitch 85 as he has on pitch number right. one. Sometimes better. Right. Uh, that's about how Doug McKay was this week. Yeah. So I think, though, you got a lot of SEC teams where you see guys pitch, even at Arkansas. They're pitching a ton of, of pitches in their starts. You're going to – Mississippi State is going to have an advantage in the postseason when Christian McLeod's throwing – 70 to 90 pitches. Willie Bednar is throwing 60 to 90 pitches. Jackson Fristo, I don't know if he's ever hit 90 pitches. Yeah, I don't think he has. And they're going to be in the postseason a little bit less arm weary. You know, that's an, an extra 15 to 30 pitches a week is a big deal. We'll see, though. State is better on Sunday and in the bullpen than Vanderbilt. And I know that sounds weird because Jackson Fristo has been weird on weird on Sunday, but they are they're still they don't even have a Sunday starter right now. It's TBA. They're figuring it out, and it's probably not going to be the guy I'm about to talk about, but I'm going to talk about him anyway. It's Patrick Riley. He started the last two Sunday games. He's, he's uh this is only by the way all these stats are SEC stats only. Vanderbilt provide their stats are different. They provide both versions. It's harder to find out individual stats mm-hmm. uh, for game by game. I can't go find game by game stats on Vanderbilt's website. But they do have SEC stats, so I said, heck, I might as well use those. 7.5 ERA for Patrick Riley, who is right-handed, by the way, in SEC play. He's pitched six SEC innings and had eight strikeouts, four walks, five runs, and four hits. So he's not really getting it done um, in SEC play. So the guy that's they had – That's a lot of Ks, though. Eight Ks in six innings? I mean, that's normal. That's, that's up there still. A K – a K per uh, averaging inning. over a K per inning. It's also a small sample size. Right, right. I could go back and look at his overall stats. His overall ERA is closer to four. Okay. Um, team ERA for Vanderbilt in SEC play is three point two two. The non-rocker lighter ERA is five point five four. So the rest of this team is quite hittable. Right. That is a fact. There's just two guys that are probably going to throw a combined. They're probably going to throw a combined sixteen innings or something. Yeah, ridiculous. If, I mean that, and that's one of your te- one of your your keys is somehow, and and this it's not even so much get them out of the game. I feel like we say it's, this every week. It's so much don't let them pitch the whole game. Right. I'm not even saying get them out by the fourth inning because right. I just don't think it's going to happen. If you do, you're in great shape. Yeah, it's get them out by the seventh inning. Right, you know. Face a reliever. Yeah. That's the goal. It's fa- it's it's not won't let it be a make complete him, game. Make them burn at least don't, one other right. pitcher. Don't face a don't face a pitch a starter and a closer. You want to face a reliever in there somewhere. Um, or because the relievers are at hittable, a, very hittable. At a certain point, it might be a goal to just face a closer. That might be a miracle. I mean, if they throw two pitches a game, that's normal for them. Right. That's a that's that's normal. It's not a failure on our part, but it's normal. If they throw a complete game, that's a failure on our part. Yeah. I'll take that. Um total ERA for them, by the way, just not not even the SEC ERA is pretty good. Two point seven nine. Our total ERA is three point four six. Ours is coming up in these cause in these midweek games we're getting people to score ten or twelve or excuse me, five to ten runs when we're scoring twenty and that's what you do, you don't put in anybody that's worth anything when you're up 10 runs. I mean, you just don't in a midweek game. So ours is kind of ticking up. And theirs is, they've had some dogfight midweek games. 
They pitched a shutout this week, but it was 7-0, and zero, and they won a really close midweek game the week before. So they've had to kind of be for real. Uh, Thomas Schultz is a guy. He was a sunny starter, and he pitched, but he's been out there midweek starter, and he pitched six midweek innings this week. So we probably won't see him this week. Um, I guess I should have, before I talked about Thomas Schultz, I should have talked about their strikeouts. They've got 414 Ks and 313 innings. 175 of those are rockers and lighters. So they're huge strikeout guys. Right. Uh, the other two, the other guys are really not. It's it's more what you would expect, and that, that's across the board. Uh, I don't think I don't think anybody that's got more than four or five innings just stands out as a K K K K right. type person. Um, but we we've got fifty more. We've got fifty more and strikeouts ten, and only two and only more, 10 innings. more innings. So we're a better strikeout so staff. They've got to average five strikeouts an inning to catch us. That's exactly right. Good job. I'm not even going to check that now. We, I'll tell you another thing. We were about to break a streak. I don't know how long the streak was, but it's a pretty long streak of double-digit strikeouts per game because right. it didn't strike out a lot of UAB people. Then Eric Sarantola, we needed two, oh. went in and got three, yep. and we had 11 strikeouts against UAB. So I love that. That was My dad was worried about it. He was texting me. He's like, we're about to lose our streak of double-digit strikeouts. I'm like, okay, we're going to win the game. It's all right. lose it Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So. Maybe, maybe I don't know. They they don't they don't they're not just a yeah they're not they don't rip the ball apart. But it's gonna be tough. They, they rip the ball apart. They're just they're not uh they're not just otherworldly and low, low strikeout numbers. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Not too many relievers stick out in terms of like how many innings they throw. Again, these are just SEC stats, guys. Um, Nick Maldonado, he is a one point. 4-2 ERA, 16 Ks, one walk in 12.2 SEC innings and one save. So there's your only real strikeout reliever. That guy's scary. He's good. Yeah. He's good. And this next guy's good. But across the board, uh, they're not quite as good. Sam, and I'm going to mispronounce this name, Libaki. It's H-L-I-B-O-K-I. I'm going to say that's a silent H. Sam Libaki. 1.35 ERA, 4 Ks, one walk, just 6.2 SEC innings. I don't know if they trust him as much as Nick Maldonado. Two saves, though, so maybe that's kind of like a closure situation, but he doesn't get the strikeouts as much. Um, and nine Ks in four innings with a 4.0 ERA in SEC play is Chris McIlvain, and his SEC, his ERA overall is also pretty similar. Uh, these two guys, Hlobaki and Maldonado, Hlobaki's overall ERA is similar. Maldonado's overall ERA is lower. His SEC ERA is 1.42, though. And then Chris McElvain, 4.0 ERA, 9 Ks, 4 walks. So we'll walk you a little bit, 9 innings. Um, he just has the second most SEC innings out of any reliever. So that's why I listed him. Mm-hmm. Most SEC appearances, though, is a guy named Luke Murphy, who does not have a good ERA, 7.36 and 7.1 innings, 11 Ks to 6 walks. So that's another guy that we might see, but I think I don't think he's. A, we're worried about him. Uh, I don't know why he's got 11 Excuse me. I mean, I think he had seven SEC appearances or six, and he's only thrown seven innings. That's more than anybody other than on the team in six, with six appearances SEC play. We talked about Thomas Schultz. They're figuring things out on Sunday, so we might not see Patrick Riley. I have no idea who it might be. I, I, I need to check see if they've listed someone on the Twitter. So I will give that a check while Gavin talks about the hitters. Uh, yeah. So looking at the hitting preview for them. Uh, their team batting average is 306. They're 284 in SEC play, 
We're batting 281 in SEC play. Uh, they've got We're 50. batting 281 overall. Okay. We don't have I, – I can't parse that out for ours. <laughs> um, 50 homers this year compared to our 42. So they're – and we're not a great home run team, but neither are they. Uh, talking about some of their top hitters, first up we've got Dominic Keegan. He is batting 398 with seven home runs. Yeah, that's that's all. That's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't. Okay, we have been a great home run team recently. Right, recently. I think but we started off. Slow. I think we're a we're a decent home run team now, and they're like a better than average right. home run team in a more of a hitter's park. You know, they've got yeah. that big tall wall. As of field. late, I would say we're a good home run team. Yeah, but we we just did so bad early that I feel like our number isn't where it should be. Right. Um, I think we should be closer to the fifty range. Yeah, we should have fifty five. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, he's batting three thirty six with six homers on the year. I no idea if he's related to Isaiah Thomas, like the uh, the the Pistons basketball player. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's not. That Isaiah spelled it differently. Right. Could be the other Isaiah Thomas. No, he's not related to him okay. either. Okay. Because that guy's he's only thirty. I mean, he might, they might be Kim, right. but you wouldn't name no, somebody. No, no, you wouldn't no. name your cousin the same name as your other. Yeah, cousin. that's true. That's true. Like, you wouldn't name your son the same name as your cousin. Right. So, I don't think so. Uh, What's funny is uh, my dad thought that, that Isaiah Thomas, the b- former Celtic son, you know, I guess he's with the Pelicans now. Yeah. After not playing for a while. He thought that was Isaiah Thomas's son. That's not. You know how well, yeah. the new Isaiah Thomas got that name? Why? His dad lost a bet. Oh. His dad hated the Pistons. <laughs> and the Pistons won a series, and he had to That's name funny. him that. But he, but he got to spell it differently. Yeah. His wife let him let him keep the name, but he had to spell it differently. Uh, next up, we've got Enrique Bradfield. He's batting three thirty six, no home runs on the year. Big contact and speed guy, though. Uh, I'm excited to see him try to steal a base on Logan Tanner. I'm so excited. I've already I've been that matchup has been gassed up on Twitter. They said it might have been Kendall Rogers who said like I could care less who wins this series. I just want to see Enrique Bradfield try to steal a base on Logan Tanner. Twenty six for twenty eight on stolen bases. Terrific. That's that's un, unworldly. Yeah. I remember Rooker was was leading the SEC for most of the year in stolen bases. Right. He almost had the quadruple crown. Right. I don't know why he didn't try to steal more at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, could you imagine a quadruple crown? Yeah. But he was like three quarters of the way through SEC play. He had eighteen stolen bases and was leading the league. This guy's got twenty eight, and we're halfway through. Right. That's incredible. Um, freshman. Shortstop Carter Young leads the team with nine home runs, and only two of their starters have less than four more guys batting two ninety nine or better. Wait, wait, wait! What wait, did wait. I just? Only two starters have less than four home runs. Okay, okay. So and power got... down the order, right? And then four after the we we named four guys, right. four more guys are batting two ninety nine or better. So they've got one guy that's batting under two ninety nine. He's batting the guy with the next most starts who hasn't started every game, probably the catcher, has started is two twenty four. Batting two twenty four. Remember, as a team in SEC play they're batting two eighty four, which is really good, but not right. they're not lighting the woods on fire necessarily. However, these individual stats are also all in SEC play. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Right. All the, uh not the home runs. I think they have total. Those are total that's just, home runs. That's absurd. These are their SEC averages. Uh, so yeah, keys to the game, and Gavin Mike can add to these. 
you got to survive Rocker or Lighter to win one of those games. And what I mean by that is your starting pitcher has to be good enough to match up with one of those guys to where when they finally get, get pulled, you're still in the game and you can go attack a reliever. If it's Nick Mononato, good luck too. Uh, but, I mean, I like Nick Mononato versus Brendan Smith or Houston Harding. I could, I could stomach that. Uh, I could definitely stomach anybody against Landon Sims. If if you another key to the game might just be get get Landon Sims an opportunity to pitch because if he has an opportunity to pitch, I believe we've won we've won a game. Uh, yeah. You got to have the absolute most out of Bednarz and C Max starts. They have to be efficient. We can't have this two and zero count stuff. Okay, we've got to get they've got to get guys out. You'd almost rather you'd almost rather them give up a run than throw forty pitches in an inning. And that doesn't make sense. Usually, you throw forty pitches in an inning, you're no. going to give up a run, but just give up a bomb and get out. And you'd rather have a twelve-pitch inning with or twelve-pitch inning with run, with one run given up than a, than yeah. a twenty-five-pitch inning. That's not true, but almost true. No, that's true. I would say that. You would say that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not against Rocker and Lighter. I don't know, but you, I, you've the, there's really, basically this is what we're saying. C Mac and Willie B got to go long. Yeah, they got to go seven innings. Yeah. Not not maybe not seven complete, but they got to get to the seventh inning minimum. Right. If they come out in the fifth, we're in trouble. Right. Uh, Jackson Fristo's got to be better. I think you got a good chance, especially with their Sunday pitching, uh, to win a game on Sunday. Uh, so Jackson Fristo's going to have to step up and just quit walking, guys. Uh, be aggressive, attack the strike zone, make them beat you. I think especially if you've already won a game, Jackson Fristo can go out there and pitch free. So let's say you steal one of these Friday or Saturday games, and you're even if it's rubber match, you're satisfied – with as a team, with, with 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 you shouldn't be satisfied as a team. As with a one fan win. base, you're satisfied. With but as win. far as this doesn't change anything about our team if we go one and two. Right. All right. Just don't get swept is the goal I would say going into yeah. this weekend. I think for I mean I want to win the series. Right. But I'm bad, like really bad. I'm gonna be pissed right. if we go one. But and I two. think I think you're only pissed if you get swept. But you don't. I'm gonna be pissed if we lose. Really? Yeah. But but. As far as our goals go, they nothing changes if you go one and two. You're you are in totally in position right. to do everything you want to do. Right. So, um, last key is I think four and nine, the ones that are so I, I trust the, the big three to do what they're supposed to do. Four through nine, the ones that are hot need to stay hot. And the ones that are not need to get hot. And that's obvious. That's a little bit too obvious of a take there. I mean, obviously, yeah, it, people need to hit. Good. <laughs> That would help us win this series if they hit good. But we can't have – and I told you all this with the uh, with the Ole Miss series. Ole Miss weekend, I think Cam – I think Cam threw the bottom of the order. I think – it was one person was out of that group. I forget who it was. But Cam threw the bottom of the order minus one or two people. Cumbus was out because he didn't – he only played the one game. And then one other person I counted out – but Cam to the bottom of the group, I think, batted 153 against Ole Miss. Yeah. That can't happen. And that's with Cam going two for two mm-hmm. on Friday. So that that can't happen. Uh, I might have counted DeBrule out of that because he actually hit well. Yeah. So without DeBrule, so that was that's Cam, Skinner, Hancock, Lotan, Hatcher, Forsyth. They went – and Forsyth didn't have a terrible weekend. Uh, they went – Skinner had a good weekend. Skinner, yeah. Skinner had and, and Lane at least had two hits that weekend. And they still, as a group, went one for fifty-three. Excuse me, went one for three. Batted one fifty-three. That just that can't happen. They need to bat at least two fifty. Uh, so I predict that we'll go one and two. 
We're winning the series. Gavin thinks we're winning the series. We're winning tonight, and we're winning on Sunday. So we're losing Saturday. Yeah. You realize that Saturday was only game Tennessee won. Right. So you're going to go reverse there. Yeah. Yeah, because now Leader's mad. We're not beating him. Because he's mad? Le- Leader he might. Didn't, he didn't lose that game. Leader, right. Lighter. Yeah. He might throw a no-hitter tomorrow. You think? <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. I don't want to get no hit. Well, yeah, I don't either. You think that's my goal? <laughs> I'm just saying that it's 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 likely. Okay. I love that. I think there's a higher chance of him throwing a no-hitter than not. You think it, no. he's odds no. on to throw a no-hitter? No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. Rowdy Jordan, in the first series. pitch home run. We're winning the series, and we are getting rocked on Saturday. That's your predi- I'm, I'm that's gonna, prediction. I'm going to write that down. Gavin says, so it's pretty much like last week. Yeah. Yeah. Winning the series and getting rocked on Saturday. I just want to. I just want to mark that down for posterity. That's kind of yeah. funny. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want bet. That scares me because then you're like, what the heck's wrong with Begnar? I mean, or you just sum it up saying this dude played the two, two of the top four teams in the SEC in back to back weeks, and he struggled. That sucks. I guess. But so did C-Mac and Fristo. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Any other keys you want to add? I think I almost, I almost want to get no hit on Saturday now. Bring my fire up. Right. No, no, no. I don't want to just be right. <laughs> I think it, I think it was good to have an occasion. Don't be don't be one of those state fans no, that uh, no, no. that would rather not, be right about something bad yeah, than, I'm than never have that, something good. I will happen. never be that miserable of a person. But I hate when people do that. I think it's like I think it kind of lit a fire under us last Saturday to have Nikhazy shut us down the way that he did because we were hitting the ball Sunday. Oh yeah. So I don't know. It'd be nice to win tonight. Good news is they can't hit the bars in Nashville, so maybe if we do win tonight, we can win tomorrow. Who knows? You are not. You do not just say that. <laughs> Shut up. They can do what they want. They're in college. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I've never seen them out there on a week in the middle of a series. I've seen them on a Thursday, <laughs> for sure. But Friday night, they got time before Friday night. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen them on a Sunday night, and that make the series yeah, over. Yeah. But yeah. I've never seen him on a Friday yeah. or Saturday night. Yeah, Sunday through Thursday, do what you want. I don't care. But uh, I did see Tanner Allen and Mule in Starkville Cafe the other day. Really? And Devin was a little bit starstruck. <laughs> she was like, that's Brad Compton. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. He plays two sports. <laughs> Sorry I can't be him, Devin. <laughs> uh, that's all we got for today. Remember – to go check out True Maroon Nation online. There's some great articles about this weekend, and of course, you can still read if you want to relive everything about last weekend. Uh, you can. There's plenty of stuff up there about the Ole Miss series. True Maroon Nation, T R U Maroon Nation dot com. You can go on there, and I've pretty much laid out for you in one of my articles exactly uh, how likely it is that we can go, uh, advance to Omaha and have a, a one seed. Excuse me, a top eight national seed based on our current record and what we have to do to pretty much lock that up. Uh, so that's a pretty good read, if I do say so myself. It's probably a terrible article, but the information in it is true, and I did a lot of math to get it, to get you that article. So we'd really appreciate it if you give that a read. Other than that, uh, swing your sword and hail state. Hail state.